You're listening to Force Fed Digital. BXU Heard. shit what's good what's your good what's good what's good it's your boy kingsbridge rich my fault i was staring at a bowl of weed and i forgot that i was supposed to drop in so um let me load this one up thank you for your patience may i partake and all right i got myself together thank you what's going on this is kingsbridge rich of the my bronx story podcast i'm excited to just drop another episode with you yo I've been getting a lot of feedback, a lot of people hitting me up, a lot of videos. So first off, if you're not following me everywhere, check my link tree. If you're getting me from IG, Kingsbridge Rich, or My Bronx Story. So those are my IGs. TikTok, I got a stronger following there. I go as Kingsbridge Rich, and um, I go live occasionally. But please check the link tree and connect to everything. I send pictures one way, videos another way. There's community guidelines across the board. But here, I'm free to talk as I wish and to get into stories where I don't have to worry about any of that. So that's the beauty of the podcast. And um, yeah, by way of this podcast, I get to talk my shit and say things without restriction. So let's get into therapy. Today's episode is called A to the motherfucking K with your boy Kingsbridge Rich El Nino. And um, yeah, I was young boy Rich out there, really young with some OGs and stuff like that. But before we get into that, man, I got some merch coming through. It's uh, some Kingsbridge hats. I had had the Kingsbridge hat a few years ago and it went missing. Went to replace it and I had to go to the OG to get it so shout outs to freaky fridge in the low east side so i had to hit him up it's the i'm everywhere on the back of the caps the i'm everywhere brand got the logo so yeah shouts to uh, freaky fridge for taking care of me man i took i put an order in and same day everything was accounted for so now i got another run for everybody that i didn't get the next the last time around so i'm gonna hit y'all on ig whichever way you hit me up the last time this week i'm gonna work on it I'll figure out what a day is going to be, and we'll talk about it. But aside from that, I got other merch ideas coming soon. So hoodies should be dropping. I'm just working on freehand. Now, I'm just going to put it out there. If anybody out there is an artist, and you would like to contribute a little piece of art to check if there's a possibility that we could collab, I'll be open to that. One hand washes the other. You feel me? So I'm in a place of need. I could do a little graph here and there, whatever. But, you know, I, I, I'd rather somebody's freehand. And so I got this design that I put, you know, I've been rocking with this. So I'm probably going to run with the one that I did on my own. But if you're an artist out there and you want to do a collab and you got a little design idea for like a T-shirt or a sweater, let's get to work. Let's do something. So, yeah, so you'll see that. But anyway, shout outs, man. Free sponsorships, to, not free, spot, free advertisement and free marketing. From me to you guys, Freaky Fridge, Elias, that's one thing. Another thing, this was quite an experience. 
I enjoyed, I enjoyed this. So I grew up as a wrestling fanatic, right? In the 80s, we're talking Hulk Hogan, Randy Macho Man Savage, Tito Santana, the Strike Force, you know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Era, Andre the Giant, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. I can go on. I was one of those, you know, the WWF. Um, and so, yeah, I used to mess with that up until a certain point. I didn't follow it. You know, no... I don't mean nothing by that to anybody who follows it still, but at some point I wasn't really rocking with it. So I wouldn't have imagined myself to be in this place that I was in recently. So if you've been on my IG, you see I've been putting in my stories, just promoting different things that I see that's dope. One of the things I've been promoting is the We Are Wrestling group. And they brought an event to the Bronx. I was invited out, so shouts to Pete. Uh, Pete hit me up on my DM and was like, yo, you know, we got this awesome event. And, yeah, I've seen from time to time, you know, it's, it's gone through my feed where I see, you know, local wrestling. I haven't paid it much mind, but Pete's on top of his. He knew what to do. There were sponsors out there. It was an amazing event, man. The venue was good. Everything worked out. And the dope thing is that, like, one of the things that I'm really into with my oldest daughter is wrestling. So I put her on to the old wrestling and it got her up to date with being really into modern pro wrestling. But now, this is from their mouth. Now, after this event that we went to as a family. So I was invited, went with my oldest daughter, but my, my wife came along and my youngest daughter. We all was in awe. We, just everything. It was just even the moves. Every, like the wrestlers were on point. Everything was really in order. Everyone there was nice. The vendors were cool. Everybody was just sport you know all ages it was just an amazing thing to do with my family so it was a it was a night that i wasn't you know expecting to you know come across this kind of type of night but anyway i was excited and then like that wasn't it didn't even stop there so it just turned out that kingsbridge you see i'm trying to connect to a lot of kingsbridge stuff you see i tell a lot of kingsbridge stories from a certain era and i share these things on my ig or whatever and, you know, it's dope to, to connect what I connect, but I didn't think that I connect to wrestling in Kingsbridge until I saw that there's a wrestler from Kingsbridge. So as they were announcing him, it's uh, Jay Bougie. So shout out to Jay Bougie as well. Uh, not only that I enjoy myself at this event, but I enjoyed knowing that there was also a fan from Kingsbridge uh, up there too. So when the announcer said, um, hailing from Kingsbridge, Jay Bougie, yeah, I just immediately just started shouting out like Kingsbridge, like, you know, what I remember doing back in the days. So that was dope. And then we talked on the side after the, the match. It, it was it was pretty cool, man. I, I went immediately started following a bunch of people. So just to say, like, it was an amazing experience. I just gave you the super duper plug because it's all love and it just came from my heart. It's not even, you know, this is just as I'm talking about it, I didn't even think how intense I was going to get into it, but I'm just letting the feels out. It was an amazing event, and for anybody out there thinking of something to do, in April there's another event coming. Check my IG, connect with me. You can ask there. Shout-outs to Pete. We are wrestling. But anyway, yeah, moving on, man. About IG as well, if you've been following my IG, if you've been following my new TikTok that I created, the My Bronx Story page, then you've been seeing I've been recycling and putting back on some of the OG videos. So, during the 90s, I ran around with a little Sony Handycam. It was the little mini cassette tapes. 
I had a little book bag, a simple book bag at all times, and I will have this camera on deck, battery charged. And for the course of about two years, two and a half years, I pretty much ran outside every opportunity with this camera. So there's a course of time that you see me with footage. And so it's almost like a chopped up documentary the way I got it. But you get little glimpses. I try not to give everything away because I do want to give shock factor later. I do want to keep, keep clips for a later time. So I kind of reuse old ones at times and then I may give a little uh, another clip that you may have not seen before to add to it. But anyway, to explain the activity that you've been seeing on my TikTok and on my IG, I've been going back into those. And look at the beauty of social media. One of them, so I've been putting it and I'm titling this A to the motherfucking K because I had an AK experience. And on my IG, if you scroll down not too far off, you see there's a group picture with me and a bunch of the OGs. These guys are older than me. I was probably about 17 or 18 years old at the time of that picture. And there's a whole story I'm going to get into about how that picture even happened. But at this time, I had the camera and I gravitated toward these older guys because, well, they I gravitated toward them because they see me, this young kid, outside with the camera and running around and recording. And before you know it, they gave me something worth recording. Sometimes it'll be just some graffiti, them hitting a wall, and I get to know the older people. So one thing leads to another, one older guy and another older guy. At some point, I'm not really thinking about what things that they're into, like on a deeper level, like how they make money or anything like that. Um, but at face value, these are cool dudes. They respect that I have a camera. And sometimes they kind of point me in certain directions. And so like naive me in the way I see things at these ages, like these guys are just cool older dudes to me, right? I'm not looking at any element like they may be feared by some people, how they get their money and stuff. Like at this point, I was young enough, even in my mind, that I wasn't really on that. They were just cool. And like one thing leads to another, I'm working in the barbershop that they own. I'm drinking at nights with them. They're partying with girls. And now I'm... I'm I'm partying with adult girls. I'm making out with some after hours in the barbershops, stumbling home, going to school the next day still. And so, like, I was in for a treat with these older cats. And all of this, a connection through a camera. And the fact that I was into breakdancing. So at the same time, there's an appeal with these older dudes because this art of breakdancing was a lot closer to their age in appreciation. And so that's another thing I kind of was like into at the time. And you can see it by me doing it on the block, setting up a camera and just doing it around the way on concrete outside or in the hallways, the lobbies, the hallways of crack spots. Like just, you know, just out there in the hood or whatever, just, uh, you know, the essence of the Bronx, you know, street, street shit. So, you know, I'd enjoy myself out there, whatever. And I cross path with these OGs and, you know, give them dap as I pass. But it was always love and it was always an opportunity for this camera to the point which is that, yo, we're going to the beach. Come with us to the point which I'm on the corner with them. They got cars pulled up. I'm in I'm in whips with them. And the odd thing about all that is like with these OGs, like some of them had younger brothers that were closer to my age than I was to theirs. But I didn't begin my time knowing too many people of my age range. I, I really spent a lot more time with the older cats. There was a dude named Nis, rest in peace. He was a graffiti writer, but he's one of the guys. He has a red jacket in um in this picture with the AK raised above, and he has black leather gloves. 
And and here's the funny thing, and these are this is the reason also why I like to share stories, right? I enjoy the privilege of having these times spent with this man Nis, and to the point that as an as the, at the time that I spent all the interactions I had with him, I learned so much about him that I get to pass on to his own kids that could not see that themselves. And so through me and my experiences, other friends and experiences, and this is pretty much how it works, you know, you share certain details because you're sharing your angle. You're sharing, you know, your interactions and, you, and you're painting a picture for them in essence. And so I really enjoy doing that or whatever. And with these OGs, like they call me, I start recording them, I'm, I'm getting into cars with them, I'm chilling with girls, I'm going to the beach with them, and it, it was pretty cool. And, you know, aside from that, you know, there was also the politics and the consequence of what they was getting into, or whatever. But when I think about my age and how inappropriate that was, immediately now I think about the fact that this is all about my oldest daughter age now. And the father in me just, I grapple with the fact that I was, I was in the world that I was. I cannot picture my daughters there. So anyway, that's just that's that's just a high thought. Let me let me get back on track with it. The OGs. So I'm taking a liking to these OGs. They're older than me. There's a lot more younger people, and I start transitioning between the OGs and the young people. But before that, you know, there's little politics that they'd get into on the block. And just all the shit that I had no business with, but because I always wanted to be around them and they wouldn't send me away for whatever reason. Like, it just went over my head that there was shit going on on the back end that was bigger than me. There's two situations that came out that way. As a matter of fact, I wasn't even planning on saying both stories. I'm going to say both stories anyway, but I'm leaving all names out. So, all right, you got a two for one deal. This is good. All right. Yeah. I was giving y'all a little something of an episode, but yeah, I'm gonna add two of them. This is what this is what happens when you fuck with the age with the OGs, and you have no business being there. So I'm young. These are niggas I go see after school. Like I, I come from school not to do no homework or nothing, to post back up on the block. So whatever they into, I'm into. Sometimes I just cock block by being in the crib, and one of them got a shorty in the crib or whatever like that, and. You know, they're being motherly, I guess, and fatherly and big brotherly to me. And it's over my head that I'm cock blocking or whatever. That's pretty much the vibe that I can see now and laugh at now. But that, I'm just telling you what the fuck it was. Like, that. that's really what it was. Like, you know what I mean? So, you know, I got a good relationship with these dudes. I see them all the time. And, and I'm hanging out with them. And, and it's really cool. But in one instance, I remember I was with these guys. And... They got, noti- they got notice that a friend of theirs had got stabbed in his eye on 183rd and Creston. So the way the story went was he was parked. He was parked in his car at his girlfriend's building on the block. He had a little bit of tension with people. And this guy was a bit older than them. Like based on the type of mustache he has, you know, those 90s mustache, real thick. But the dude was an older dude amongst the older heads I was hanging out with. So they went to ride for him. So he got stabbed in the eye, right? And I'm with them and hearing it. So they're getting hype. What I'm supposed, I'm supposed to get hype. Of course, obviously, I'm with the OGs. Like, have some respect. Like, they just poke one of his mans. Like, 
have some respect, young and like, you know what I mean? So anyway, I'm there. And so I got some money in my pocket. I decided to flag down. I'm like, yo, let's go to the third. Let's go out there. Let's take a cab out there. Bet. We ain't got no weapons or nothing. And I pull over two cabs. A few, you know, I'm not naming people, but a few people. We fill up two cabs. Get out there. Boom, the doors open. I'm in the back cab, and the cab ahead of me that they pulled up a little shorter gets to the, there's a there's a bodega on whatever corner, if it's the third or the fourth, whatever. There's a corner on, on Creston, there's a bodega on that corner. So two of my mans go immediately, in, like, into the front of the store, start arguing with a dude. The guy's walking backwards, goes inside the bodega. My mans is, like, walking forward toward them like they're still arguing. Then I see my mans, two of my mans that went in the store, start backing up fast backwards. Then all he hears, pa, 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 they started shooting at us. So I'm in the back cab still. I had just got out the cab with the dudes that I was in the cab with, but like still like one foot out on the street. All this happened so fast. So the dude was good enough that he just, this cab driver didn't peel off and leave his doors open, try to close it with that acceleration, nothing. He literally just, you know, he, he, he sat it out for us to get inside. They probably lit off like four and, and the guy let us, you know, get in the car, clo close the doors and peel off. Then we get back to the block, and we recover back, like, you know, from, you know, everybody meet up at the corner building. So we called it the Binky Building. It's on Kingsbridge and Morris. So that lobby is always access for us. It would be that. There's a few buildings, you know, up the block, the Carter. But, you know, when there was business going on up there, you don't really want to make it hot. But the corner building uh, that was connected to the store, and it used to have a big piece that was made by Tracy168, rest in peace, Wild Style, Woo Woo. KB, more us, Av. So on that very corner, it's the corner building. It's the first building I actually lived in when I lived on Morris when we first moved from Creston. We used to be Creston boy. I was a Creston boy uh, at first, 107 in Creston. Then we went over to Morris on Kingsbridge. But we lived in that building I'm talking about, and then we moved across the street. Anyway, back to that building. That building was the lobby. In that lobby, my mommy pulled the G move. Let me get into that. So, it's crazy how, like, my mom got them instincts in her. I got to give it to her. But one time my mom pulled the LG move, having two little, you know, boys going into a rough building. We moved into this block not knowing many people. And my mom gets uh, one of the guys to open the door. Massive amount of people always hanging out in this hallway. This hallway is always where people will run into, like, show a gun off or something like that make a sale real quick. You know, just the way the building was situated, it was easy to just get into a cut. You had two staircases, you know, opposite sides, big lobby way. A lot of people could post up in there, so, and that's how they was. So my mom realized that and told the dude, like, yo, hold the door for me real quick. They held it, oh, you know, hold my two boys down. Goes to the store, gets a bunch of cigarettes, 40s, candies, and all kind of treats. And it says, yo, listen, this is my son's right here, man. We just moved in the building. I just, you know, and just started passing cigarettes off and, and, and beers and stuff, you know, in the 40s. And I was, uh, I was like 12. I was 12 or 13 when that happened. I was like, and I have respect. So that was, that was cool. That was me just getting to the block. But anyway, um, you know, I knew some older people. I had the camera. I met some older cats or whatever. But that building right there, was like the meetup building, the hangout building. But also, you know, you got a piece you ran in that building, showed it off. So we was in that building waiting for more people to come, more people to come. 
Um, and that's when, when we see everybody's there from the incident, we know everybody's all right, nobody got hit. So I don't know much from this other than they called a dude from the Heights and the dude just drove up with the AK and now we're in the building with the AK. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, we, we're, so I want to pause for a second so you can get into the heartbeat of how I was at a 17. I'm in the hallway of the Bronx building as me, Richie, 17-year-old Richie, not expecting an AK to show up out of anywhere. It's enough that they just let off at us, and I managed to be back in the same cab I arrived in and got back to the bridge for perspective. And I'm 17. I'm 17. Ain't no muscle memory in this. This is not something I, you know, oh, this is my third go around. I know how this goes. Nah. So, you know, pretty lucky on the first part. Oh, now we what? So now, you know, dude comes out. Uh, there's a dude on a motorcycle, and then, and then this dude comes. So he, he came with his man. And we waiting on the call because now we got other people on the other side by the third trying to look out. They see the dudes that popped at us. And to make a long story short on that story, right, we ended up taking pictures. There's not much to it. We ended up taking pictures, waiting on the call. We never got the call. Dude went to the hospital. But, you know, at one end, you got the fact that, like, you know, that's the story. Case closed. Wow, it's crazy. Somebody got stabbed in the eye, whatever. But for me being so young and having that type of gun pull out, it was like, for me, what was next? Nothing about me had an exit strategy. Nothing about me. I was all in. The consequence of being around people you ain't got no business with. See, in the hood, this is a lesson for somebody, but in the hood, this is a lesson for a kid, you know? Tell it to them. Break it down in some way, and you got to let them understand this dynamic. But in the hood, it's like, you're going to have so much opportunity. You're going to have so much opportunity to meet all kind of people. And you got to play, you can't just play off the, you know, the, the, the fun vibe that they have. That's not all to it. I have people who are really, really funny and endearing, but they drive everything off of you. And you got to be careful because, like, people's situations in the hood be real desperate. And you got to learn how to read people through their smile. And I spend a lot of time as a father trying to share that with my kids because for us who live that life, we have an experience. So this, but so much we can say in words, and especially how you present that to kids, right? It's... It's it's a way you gotta you gotta be real creative how you explain that to your kids how you teach that to somebody because they're not living in the same environment when we're fortunate enough to not have them exposed to that they don't know it or even you know it's just if you're a parent that's on top of yours then you provide for them in a way that you didn't have and so you know they don't have the instincts that we have because we were nurtured to a lot of that is what I'm saying so. That's definitely something that I realized a little bit too late because now I'm in a room, I'm in a, in a building, and for perspective state, like, things were so bad that we had crooked cops out there. We had people that, like, it was so easy to get locked up in these times. It was so easy to get locked up. In these times, with so many crack spots on one block, if you pointed one direction at a person and that person was undercover, whatever, you get a steering charge just for pointing in a direction. It was so bad. It's not like now that weed is legal. 
you had to like, you know, if cops passing by, you hit throwing clips. You know, it's crazy the times that we was in. It was really, so I'm in a building with an AK and, and dealing with the emotion behind that. And also dealing with the fact that how about if I'm chosen and I'm supposed to hold it? Like, you know, it's all kind of things going on in my head. And, and that's just the one story. I got a bonus story for you, too, involving some of that circle. Because, you know, it's all fun and games with all the cool clips and stuff. It seems like I'm having a good time. There were things that was happening in the backgrounds. There was politics happening. In one case, I'm on the block, posted up with another one of my friends. This is a peer situation. On the block, casually chilling, catches some fresh air by the mailboxes. One of the OGs pulls up in a little super talking about, yo, what y'all doing right now? We wasn't really doing much. It was I right, nothing. He said, yo, take a ride with me. I'm just moving. I need to move some stuff. So we like bet. We wasn't doing anything else anyway. We're getting into the car, get to the truck then, and probably had to go about like maybe like 10 blocks away. It wasn't too far. I was in the area we was at. So we got there relatively quickly. But we're downstairs, and he got stuff already sit situated in the hallways, stuff boxed up. We didn't play the crib much. We were more in the truck, me and my boy, um, than when we was at the OG. The OG spent more time upstairs. So now we're outside of the building at one point waiting. And, and in some way, we're waiting for some reason. And it's probably been about 10 minutes now. And we don't have any phones to, like, call him and ask him anything. We're just waiting. And the, and the door is closed. We don't know the apartment bell. We're just, we're just sitting there, but we're, we're fine with it because we're just laughing and kicking it. It was all cool. It wasn't in a rush. Again, we weren't doing anything. some point, there's this dude that pulls up, and he's asking by the dude by name. And just look at him like, oh, I don't know. The door's closed. I've been waiting for him. And they're asking, like, you ain't see him? You ain't see him? And I'm like, no, nah, I've been here for a minute. I've been waiting on him. The guy gets frustrated. He's another older dude, like... He's about the age of my OG, but we were really oblivious to it because we were actually outside all this time and just talking to each other and just, you know, passing time. In all this time, our OG was tied up upstairs in an apartment and getting hit and, and being pressed pretty much. In that shakedown, they took his chain, it was about 5 Gs or something like that, 5, 10 Gs, I forgot. You know, they, they, they yapped him for that. I think they pistol whipped him. I think that was the story. But what it, the way it went was that the dude did all that and my man freed himself and ran out the building and ran the other way. We were posted up in the truck when he did all that, so we didn't get to see him. And I'm sure he wasn't trying to let us know and put it on. I mean, it would have been the nice thing to do, but he didn't do it. And he just went off. And so we wait in. This dude gets frustrated and just continues off his way. And then OG pulls back up. And we're still in the back of the truck and all this time that this is happening. So anyway, yeah, that's the bonus story on that, man. Shit was wild. We helped him move out, but what it turned out is he owed some money. So I believe he owed some money. He did something crooked with somebody, and that's why he was moving. And we was here helping him move him. And these are the things that people get caught up with in the hood. The consequences of chilling with people and not knowing their backstories. If you were to tell your kids anything, just tell them. Just know the company that they keep. And make sure, watch who the hell they hang out with pretty much. But anyway, in that case, I'm 17 years old, dealing with all this, and realizing, yeah, it's all cool when there's all this alcohol and free and there's girls and 
pretty older girls and stuff, and you get the little make-out sessions because you with these older OGs and shit, and it look real good, yeah, but you could lose your life in the blink of an eye. I had two little instances where shit got a little heavy, just being around them, just being around them, and other instances too, but there's two heavy ones that could have been it for me, just being with OGs, so you got to watch it, shit gets crazy, but that right there, guys, is um, just something I want to share in the form of a story and kick y'all off with another episode. I got a few things coming in terms of merch, as I was saying earlier. So uh, subscribe everywhere that you can find me. And until next time, guys, catch you with another episode of the My Bronx Story Podcast. Peace.